It's all the files of the whole park. It tells you everything. Sir, he's uploading the virus. Eagle one, the package is being delivered. On this week's Cyber, we continue with our series, The Base, following the life cycle of an American neo-Nazi terrorist group, from the doldrums of an online chat room to nationwide FBI raids. This is part two, Train, Fight, Organize. I'm Ben Maku. And I'm Jason Kebler. And this is Cyber. So Jason, let's pick up where we left off last week. The base is a neo-Nazi terror group that was partly birthed while a similar organization fell. That was called Adam Waffen Division. In a lot of ways, it was brought down by some great journalism at ProPublica, which exposes that some of the terror group's members were active duty soldiers in the U.S. military. 21-year-old Brandon Russell is accused of storing explosives inside this Tampa Palms apartment where he lived with three other men. And the Adam Waffen leader, Brandon Russell, gets put behind bars in January 2018. Court documents show Arthur's told investigators that Russell and the victims were active members of a neo-Nazi group led by Russell and that he'd seen Russell online in several Nazi chat rooms threatening to kill people and bomb infrastructures. I remember when that was all happening. It was a viral story to see that kind of organized terrorism coming from neo-Nazis inside of America. It was so shocking. Yeah, I mean, so what ends up happening is journalists like myself start circling the group for more information about the dozens of other members who weren't identified and still out there in the wild. So I, for example, with an illustrious colleague, outed a Canadian soldier who is in Adam Waffen. You're talking about Mac, Mac Lamoureux, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, a vice Canada reporter. Uh, you've worked on most of your stories about this group with him, right? Yeah, absolutely. So Max just basically my like, he's my forever partner in crime. And he and I started by tracking this mysterious Canadian member who went by the alias Albanuad. And that eventually leads us to the base. Hello, Mr. Lamoureux. Howdy, Benjamin. Mac, how many times have I called you to talk about Nazis? Um, lots. Let's say lots. Uh, just two, uh, you know, rural Canadian dirtbags who uh, chase Nazis together. <laughs> Indeed. And you know what this is about. We're going to be talking about the base. Our, uh, our favorite boys. So let's break it down. How do we do it? How do we find out about them originally? Well, um, it all started a few years ago when uh, we were going through all the social media followings of the top neo-Nazis we know. Um, all the members of the American Nazi terror group, uh, the Atomwaffen Division, and their various aliases on Twitter and Gab. Uh, even what they went by on that gaming site Steam, what they were on on iFunny, which is a meme website. Uh, and we were cross-referencing that with data sets we had on Iron March and other kind of neo-Nazi forums. Uh, and just essentially kind of building a network. Exactly. So Iron March being this underground kind of ultra-Nazi Facebook, basically. Yeah, yeah. And... Seeing who different Nazis follow and who follows them and just kind of making this big inventory of names and who they are in this world. We start webbing the whole kind of online front-facing community of neo-Nazi terror groups and their followers. And who did we keep seeing everywhere? Uh, one Mr. Norman Spear. Exactly. And always appearing with the same display pic, showing a bald, bushy-bearded man, kind of like a pissed-off billy goat. And just a severe face, accentuated by this sort of sharp brow, saying a lot of weird paramilitary things, and occasionally talking about his daughters. 
Uh, remember when we found his uh, his family videos his wife had posted on YouTube? <laughs> I did indeed. Big bad neo-Nazi terrorist leader at Disneyland. Hi, everybody. It's me, Mickey Mouse. Say, you want to come inside my clubhouse? Yeah, so he's following all the major players. Um, and they're following him right back. Uh, he's in the ecosystem of the hardcore Siege followers. Um, Siege, for the people out there that don't know, is essentially a Nazi terror manual from the 80s written by a guy named James Mason. Even leaders of Atomwaffen followed him. But the fifth arrest is more serious, that of John Cameron Denton, seen here after being exposed by ProPublica in 2017. Right, he's playing in the same circles as the guys the FBI are, by all appearances, interested in disrupting. And in fact, Mac, I want to play you a little clip because I spoke to James Mason, who's the author of that neo-Nazi Bible siege, and I did it this summer for a Vice News documentary. Yeah, man, I can't believe when you just texted me a photo of you and him, like, out of the blue. Um, yeah, dude, he creeps me the fuck out. Yeah, I get it. Uh, so he admits to me that his work is the gospel of the modern neo-Nazi terrorist. Do you feel like you inspired the creation of violent Nazi terror groups like the base and Adam Waffen Division? No, 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 these things were gonna happen with or without me, but I believe I've been able to give them some insight. But Siege was this critical text in the formation of Adam Waffen Division. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, this is the basis for the entire group. That's okay. I simply uh, put my thoughts down on paper and got them out there. As for activities, I don't know and I don't want to know. So the base and Norman Spear, who we've been following closely from the get-go, are almost acknowledging the ripping off of Atomwaffen Division. But this time, it's going to be different. Yeah, we start seeing that Norman Spear calls himself a veteran of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, he describes himself as a bona fide combatant on the War of Terror years. Uh, that, to us, uh, becomes a very serious thing. Uh, we later find out he was actually a private military contractor and actually did work with the U.S. Special Forces. He even briefed officers on what sounded like drone targeting. Yeah, he's a spooky, covert character with his shadowy past, but more importantly... Vets are professional soldiers, and if they get involved with extremist groups, they tend to professionalize them into these sorts of insurgent factions. Yeah, and, you know, as we would see, they can absolutely do that. But then by the summer of 2018, Spear, he's advertising something that isn't a group. He's very clear that he's calling it a network, and is extremely clear that they are not a terrorist organization. And you know what? I'm going to let one of his early propaganda videos, which very few people have ever heard, Tell it for us. This is Norman Spear, neo-Nazi terrorist leader, explaining his project that is The Base. The Base is an international fraternal network of survivalists and self-defense practitioners. Our mission is to share knowledge in these areas and to develop a real-life social network of mutual support through training events and other meetups. We are not a political organization. We are not a paramilitary group or a militia. We have no formal membership, and therefore there are no formal leaders. It's a little interesting how he distorts his voice for what he says is a glorified 
Boy Scout group of adult men, eh? Like when I'm trying to do something innocuous or describing one of my side hustles, I usually hide my identity and distort my voice like I'm Darth Vader. (laughs) And it becomes a bit of a theme with him. If you wish to break your dependency on the degenerate system, or at the very least, loosen its grip on your life, join the base. Learn skills that will keep you alive when society at large wants you dead. And join a network that will have your back when so many want to put a knife through it. Together, we will secure a future for our people. Yeah, he's always pushing the survivalist angle or like this prefer stuff for when shit hits the fan, which in this case is being used as an inference towards this kind of old school white nationalist concept of the apocalypse essentially bringing down the U.S. government and allowing for a white ethno state to rise from the ashes of America like a racist phoenix. Uh, It was Spears' way of having at least some kind of public deniability that his group was up to no good. So from these Twitter accounts, we're led to the base and its official website, which is this WordPress website that has an application form on it asking for your military background, what other Nazi far-right organizations you worked with in the past. But we don't really know what goes on after that. And then we get an informant inside the base itself who we'll call, you know what, actually, what did we call him? Um... Steve. We called him Steve. Right. Steve. Not a real name, because we promised him anonymity to keep him safe. This guy was inside the base, and on his own volition, began sharing with us all the group's internal communications. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was insane to see this. We find out that Spear wanted to unify that active online far-right world uh, since Trump became president into a coalition of new soldiers for, um, you know, a race war. Exactly. The race war. Can't believe that that's actually something I've had to read multiple times in a day. I can't believe it's something we need to take seriously. Yeah, no kidding. But here we are in 2020. So technically, Al-Qaeda means the base in Arabic. Oh, okay. So we're going to do this. Okay, so for everyone listening, we know that. And FYA, the base knew that too. But they didn't actually name their group for that reason, at least as far as we can tell, they didn't. It never was clear why they chose that name. But as far as many of the base members were concerned, they weren't the Nazi Al-Qaeda. Right. Transforming all these Trump-era online Nazis and far-right trolls into foot soldiers was something Spear even talked about on a super far-right podcast called The Roper Report. But when you really look at the landscape of the movement, so to speak, right now, you know, the majority of it is happening online. And that's something that needs to fundamentally that, that, yeah, that's something that needs to fundamentally change, regardless of what you feel the ultimate solution is. And we do have some of those discussions, uh, but it, but it's not about that. It's about focusing on uh, meeting, training and networking. You know, we, we want to try to build, ideally, a, a, a cadre of trainers, of volunteer trainers that, that, uh, throughout the country. And, uh, you know, eventually if possible, kind of develop some, some, uh, formalized, uh, training courses of, of one type or another. Now, 
Uh, I mean, that being said, this is a very, very new project. Uh, you know, just kind of launched online, so to speak, or just kind of announced it, uh, you know, a couple, a couple months ago. So by fall of 2018, inside that encrypted chat room, um, at the time they used something called the Riot app, some severely fucked up behavior and exchanges. Stuff that, you know, legit made me nervous and made my skin crawl. Yeah, it begins to start to set my terrorism spidey senses, for lack of a better term, tingling. And that moment in American history was also so fraught with so much right-wing angst. You had Kavanaugh flipping out during his Supreme Court hearings. This whole two-week effort has been a calculated and orchestrated political hit. Things are tense. And in the backdrop, you and I are watching this burgeoning terrorist organization sprout its wings into a serious threat. Yeah, it was it was wild. Exchanging bomb-making manuals, chemical weapon recipes, um, step-by-step you know, guides on how to dispose a body after killing somebody, or the best way to rub down a sniper rifle after an assassination. Stuff you would want if you're actually going to do an insurgency and kill people. I remember one guy who goes by Grimoire something like that, he gets even realer. And he says, quote, let's talk about pipe bombs. Pipe bombs are a much more interesting and relaxing topic, but that's just asking for feds. Laugh my ass off. Meanwhile, you also had people like Spears saying things like, in the current phase, we need to be as covert as possible. For now, we need non-attributable actions, but that will send a message and or add to acceleration as much as possible. One event turned the nature of the conversation towards um, actual terrorist attacks and uh, real-world bloodshed. At least 11 people are dead and six more wounded after a man walked into a synagogue near downtown Pittsburgh with an assault rifle and three handguns. Pittsburgh. The shooter, identified by local sources as Robert Bowers, exchanged fire with police, wounding four officers, then barricaded himself inside the synagogue before surrendering. October 2018, um, the synagogue attack emboldened them. They loved it. Uh, I remember one guy with the alias Polyu. He said, quote, I'm all about violence, but I want to gather with people and plan something out. Pittsburgh didn't go far enough. Maybe some form of bombing or something a bit more destructive. And I remember this other member in their chat room talking about making IEDs out of old explosives. Yeah, and things were starting to spin out of control. They were also starting to meet up together in real life. They were shooting guns together. They were doing this weird end of the world prepper shit in the woods. Um, Spears' plan of turning this chat room into an IRL paramilitary training uh, was starting to come true. It was working. After Pittsburgh, we were just sitting on the story, too. Yeah, it was like we had a goddamn 800-pound gorilla on our shoulder just punching us in the back of the head. So that fall of 2018, it really did feel corrosive, just kind of continually telling myself, Ben, just get this fucking story out before they kill someone. Because you know what? We knew that some of these guys had the same types of guns that a guy that committed the Pittsburgh attack had. And we knew that they were, you know, these bonafide dyed-in-the-wool Nazis. And they were down for this sort of action. And I was really worried about it. Yeah, man, I I felt the exact same. But like, as we've talked so many times when we're reporting on this, we have to weigh whether or not we're amplifying them or that our reporting is going to hurt them. And you have to be careful when you report on this stuff. And I'm glad we were. Absolutely. It takes time to sort of gather the evidence and really weigh it and see what we should do. 
But we were going out of our fucking minds, to say the least. And I mean, hey, I think being immersed in the violent world of neo-Nazism can't be good for anyone's mental health. Oh, I know it's just been great for ours. <laughs> um, all this propaganda, like the posts that say train, fight, organize, um, they were all essentially coming true. And we saw they had plans for a huge group meetup, which would basically just be them doing paramilitary training somewhere in Southern California. Ten guys with assault rifles. Um, and at that point, we hit our threshold. Uh, it had reached critical mass, and uh, we knew we had to publish. Neo-Nazis organizing secretive paramilitary training across America it gets published. Read at Thanksgiving. The story goes completely viral, and by all appearances, the guys in the base all see the heat and all start dropping out of the group. One by one, they piece. The FBI, as I heard it, starts to circle. Remember uh, right after that, Norman, uh, Norman Spear emailed us with the threat of a libel suit? <laughs> I do indeed. Um, I just pulled it up. Here, uh, here's a nice, a nice quote from it. I'm writing you to demand that you remove my photos from your libelous article about the base, and you remove the article from any public website and public search engine index. The base is a legal survivalist and self-defense network for sharing information on these topics and for organizing training sessions related to those topics. It is not engaged in paramilitary training, nor is the base a militia or paramilitary organization. You have taken lines from the chat log specifically out of context in order to fabricate a fictitious and deliberately sensational story that simply isn't true. Take it down from all public websites and public search engine indexes immediately or face legal consequences. <laughs> I wonder if he, uh, if he sent something similar to the FBI when they described them like this. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I remember this is like one of two emails. I remember it just, you could just feel the tension from him. Like there was something, he was starting to panic because I think he knew what was going down. But, you know, I, I honestly started to think that genuinely that would be the end of me hearing about the base, that Norman Spear would just sort of retreat into the oblivion and we catch on to another group. Nope, that did not happen. Um, I can honestly say things just continued to spin out of control and uh, get worse. Uh, like, yes, for that moment, um, we had stopped them uh, and they kind of seemed to cease activity. Uh, but little did we know that they were basically in the shadows saying, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, they really did. So we didn't hear from Spear until early January 2019 on another neo-Nazi podcast, slamming us and making ominous threats in his, again, encrypted garbled voice. We see new propaganda with new cells popping up across the U.S. He even took a picture with two other members in the middle of Central Park. There's this Georgia cell with a psycho-ass propaganda of this guy calling himself the militant Buddhist, shooting a target with the Star of David on it with a handgun, and he's just begging for recruits. They're growing, and this time around, we don't really know what in the fuck is actually happening because we no longer have Steve. We don't, but the base by all appearances is growing. They're postering and vandalizing places all over the U.S. with their propaganda. And the pictures of themselves are clearly becoming more hardcore and their members are just getting more and more radical. More on this after the break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So we're going to fast forward a little bit here through the history of the base. The base is clearly popping up all over social media, and we know that behind some encrypted chat that we can't see, they're training, they're organizing for the so-called race war. We see posts of them calling for terror attacks on the power grid. You know, the ominous photo of the cell in Central Park in New York City. And this takes us to the summer of 2019, when a Canadian reporter, Ryan Thorpe, with the Winnipeg Free Press, infiltrates the group undercover after finding out there was a cell in the province of Manitoba. Because at this point, the base is in the U.S. and Canada, as well as a bunch of other parts of the world. Yeah, and, you know, nothing but respect for uh, Thorpe and the balls, the massive balls it took to infiltrate them. Um, You know, we see you, Ryan. Um, And Thorpe finds out that one of their members um, is a Canadian soldier, Patrick Matthews. The soldier who allegedly acted as a recruiter for what experts call a neo-Nazi terrorist group is now fired. Then the RCMP, which is the Canadian FBI for anybody who isn't from Canada, following this Thorpe story, raids his house and seizes firearms. Now, the RCMP say weapons have been seized from his home. And Patrick Matthews disappears. Um, His car is found empty near the border of Minnesota. Uh, But around this time, you and I start working with Zachary Kamal, a freelancer out of Montreal, and the three of us, we just start digging deeper into this. Yeah, shout outs to Zach. He is an integral part of this investigative team and he couldn't have done it without him, to be honest with you. We couldn't. Now we can't really say how exactly, but we start to obtain confidential information on the base. Namely, that members of the base helped their Canadian base cell leader, Matthews, to cross over the border illegally. They've had a series of paramilitary camps, one in Pennsylvania, another in Georgia, where Matthews himself trains fellow terrorists and they slaughter a ram. Yeah, don't forget that they took a bunch of fucking acid, too. <laughs> they did do that, too. Yeah. So so the 12 of them get together at this Georgia cells home base, uh, which was just outside this small town uh, called Rome, which is in the north of the state. They train in a number of military drills, including small unit tactics and various targeting drills. Overall, it was a sign that things were really beginning to escalate. Norman Spears' organization was turning into an IRL insurgency that had real-world levels of criminality baked into it. By November 2019, we get a call. I can't say exactly how, but I was listening to this. First, they're vetting this potential member, and I hear that same voice from the Omega Solutions weirdo guerrilla warfare video. All right, great. Uh, So as I described in direct message to you, this will be... About 30 minutes, could be up to an hour, depending on the questions that you have. We'll give you a chance to ask questions if you have any in the second half. And um, we'll go over the information that you provided so far in email. Give you a chance to okay. expand. Yeah, give you a chance to expand on any of that. And then we'll also have a, a few additional questions for you. Okay, sounds good. All right, so let's start out with the general question. And uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Well, um, I live in I live in Texas. Uh, I work at a taxidermy shop. I am also an independent contractor for various companies uh, for their accounts uh, receivable departments. Basically, they hire me uh, to go in when they have trouble collecting their accounts and fix the problem, either by collecting them myself or more commonly to streamline their. It's this older guy, and he's so thirsty to be in the base. He says he was with the Proud Boys at one time. I started. I started reading uh, materials that challenged uh, what you would call my traditional beliefs uh, about um, about race and how the Jews have infiltrated the United States government, Hollywood, education, pretty uh, the, the media, pretty much every aspect of our lives, and. I realized you know, how how long I had been wrong. I was uh, led to join the Proud Boys uh, kind of during this time. Then they ask him questions about James Mason and what literature he reads, how he's a proper Nazi. Guy ends by saying, you know, hey, I really want to join. I'm also a firearms instructor and can teach guys to be better at shooting. So hire me. Yes, I've got I've got over I've got well over twenty years of experience in that. Um, I'm a distinguished expert in pistol uh, with the NRA. I've taught um, classes on uh, pistol and precision rifle, um, as well as some shotgun. Then he drops off the call, and it's just Norman Spear and some of his cell leaders. This was just a typical vetting call they had done for probably I don't know like a hundred guys. Yeah, there there's so many calls. There were so many moments of us just in small rooms listening to this, tearing our hair out. Uh, but this one, this one was different. Um, in this one, he gets into how all of the members of his little neo-Nazi insurgency are starting to think he's a Russian fed. Uh, I guess what's what's been brought to my attention is like, now instead of me being a fed for the US government, now I'm a fed for the Russian government, apparently. I mean, he lives there. He lives in St. Petersburg, Russia. Um, he has this strange amount of money. He also, as we know, has ties to the U.S. intelligence community. He did subsequently completely deny to us that he's a Russian fed, but these suspicions weren't coming from nowhere. Some members of the group at this point were starting to believe that Norman Spear was being financed by the Russian intelligence to cause a race war in the U.S. But then the conversation switches gear to the war in Ukraine, and Spear describes how he has a guy out there. So... For everyone listening to this, counterterrorism experts have long feared that the war in Ukraine would give birth to a neo-Nazi Mujahideen a la Soviet-Afghan war in the 1980s, which, as we all know, eventually created Al-Qaeda. Afghan guerrillas, known as Mujahideen, armed with simple and obsolete weapons, are fighting a modern and well-equipped force of 120,000 Soviet troops. But in this case, it's Nazis from around the world traveling to Ukraine to join far-right paramilitary entities like Azov Battalion in right sector, to fight Russians once again. And those foreign fighter Nazis, experts fear, will make the next Nazi Al-Qaeda. And Spear seems to think, at least from what he was saying in this call, is that it could be beneficial for the base to create a, a training pipeline to the war. The best uh, way to make use of of Ukraine is use it as a resource for our guys who have the, the ability to travel out there for training to do it. Because then they can come back and they can bring that knowledge back to us. Honestly, when I first heard that call, I was just blown away. I, I, I kind of still am. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. It kind of showed what we had seen, that the base from fall 2018 to now had clearly become what it sought out to be, and we watched it every step of the way. A real-world insurgency. Yeah, so we did the only thing we could do. We're reporters, so we kept publishing. We kept investigating them. Um, For example, along the way, we break the news that Matthews is on the lam in the U.S. And I kept saying, a raid is definitely coming. You did. You definitely did. Um, I didn't believe you most of the time, but you said it. And you know what? I know you're going to hold it over me, but you were right. Um, Because by early January, the raids happened. Matthews and two people in the Maryland cell get picked up for terror plots in January 2020. We were actually on a flight headed to the rally that they allegedly were going to go shoot up. As of this morning, law enforcement around the country have been put on alert by the FBI, Homeland Security, and the National Counterterrorism Center warning about possible violence at this upcoming gun rally on Monday in Virginia. This warning comes after seven suspected members of the neo-Nazi group The Base were arrested this week. Court documents describing them as a racially motivated violent extremist organization. It's the only time I've ever bought in that expensive-ass airplane internet. Also, I could read the affidavits going into these FBI arrests. Uh, But regardless, the Georgia cell was swarted by the FBI, um, and they were plotting an assassination of Antifa activists. Good morning. Three gentlemen knocked on my door and showed me a badge before I opened it. And I, you know, I took kind of a defensive position, crossed my arms because FBI agents have shown up to other activists' house to harass them. But he said, uh, this is what's called a victim notification. We just arrested three men who were planning to murder you and your spouse. And then Norman is outed by The Guardian and the BBC as a 47-year-old New Jersey native named Ronaldo Nazro, who has a background in intelligence contracting during the war and terror years. And Norman Ronaldo whatever his name is, Ron, kind of goes underground. The 47-year-old had been using an alias and claimed to have worked for the US security services. I discovered his real name, Ronaldo Nazaro. He directed the base from his upmarket flat in St. Petersburg. But Mac, as you know, Nazaro made a public appearance recently on Russian state-owned television in this weird publicity tour thing to set the record straight. American media, including us and people like the New York Times, we have it all wrong. He isn't a terrorist, a Kremlin spy. No, 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 no. He's a family man. Finally, a family-oriented person. Yeah, I'm a family man, first and foremost. Nothing screams, I'm not a Kremlin asset, like screaming, I'm not a Kremlin asset on Kremlin-owned TV. So in other words, Nazaro, if you're wondering what happened to him, He's still out there in Russia, up to something. While there have been smaller arrests here and there, for the most part, the base seems to be over. The far-right domestic terrorist movement, um, little did we know though, was heated up. It was turning into something we never thought it could be before the end of 2020. Breaking news we've been following in Kenosha. A teenager from Northern Illinois will face first-degree homicide charges in connection with the killing of two demonstrators last night. It happened during the continuing demonstrations over the police shooting of Jacob Blake. The men accused of plotting to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer discussed kidnapping someone else as well, the governor of Virginia, according to an FBI agent who testified in Michigan federal court today. 
First at six, crowds gathered in Kalamazoo today as the so-called Proud Boys group made its way downtown. It is an organization labeled as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center for its racist and white supremacist record. Mac, it's been nice going down memory lane with you. Gotta say. You too, big guy. Next time, uh, let's not talk about Nazis. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, bud. So, Jason, I guess what I'm saying about the base and this entire body of reporting is that America, whether a Democrat or Republican, is in the White House, it's got a problem. And what's that? So if an ex-contractor in the U.S. military can establish a terror group inside America before the pandemic even took shape and the backlash that ensued, and now you're seeing a rise in far-right extremism like almost never before— It means the soil here, or whatever cocktail has been brewed, has the right amount of hate for organized violence. And honestly, I don't think that's going away anytime soon. Because this is a playbook, and there are many, many, many more Norman Spears and groups like the base organizing and out there. Right, and the U.S. government has had this war on terror for 20 years. Um, So if ISIS and Al-Qaeda and all these famous jihadist adversaries of the U.S. government can live through successive presidencies. I mean, why can't groups like the base or Adam Waffen division or whatever comes after uh, not continue? That's exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty pretty scary and bleak. And thank you uh, for explaining this all to me and our listeners. And if you want to read more about the base, Adam Waffen division, and white neo-Nazi terror in the United States, you can check out motherboardandvice.com. Well, thank you, Jason. Thank you, Ben. You want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and white right like supremacists. White supremacists and white supremacists. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. It's an alleged right-wing plot to kidnap and kill Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer is just one example of what the FBI has labeled a growing domestic terror threat. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 